Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to our Wednesday interview show. I'm really looking forward to this discussion. Um, it's it's going to be about content strategy, how to get traffic to your website, how to make powerful content. And we've got a great guest. He's been on the Roundtable show a few times. That's Adam Fruit. And he's <laughs> from Blue Steel Solutions, which is a, a leading digital agency in Texas, I believe. Yeah. And also Adam's going to be talking at WordCamp Dallas this weekend. Yeah. Would you like to expand that? Perfetic introduction, Adam. Sure. <laughs> I'd love to. Um, so I'm the uh, Adam Fowd. I'm the content marketer um, extraordinaire for Blue Steel Solutions. So we have a we have a few other writers we work with, but I'm the I'm the primary writer. And um, we our website is bluesteelsolutions.com. It has an extra e at the end. My personal website is adamfout.com, um, and you can find us at Twitter at bluesteeltx. I also like to introduce my co-host. She um, she has come back. She's been a little bit ill and dealing with hurricanes and all sorts of things, but she's back stronger than ever. Kim, like to introduce yourself? Absolutely. Thank you, Jonathan. I'm Kim Shivler. I'm a technology and communications instructor. You can find me at kimshivler.com. That's great. And I'm the founder of WP um, Tonic. We're a maintenance service company with a specialization in learning management systems. We've got a passion for that. Um, also, before we go into the discussion, I'd like to uh, mention our sponsor, which is Intelligence WP. And it's an amazing product. I've got it on the WP Tonic website. Tom, one of the founders, walked me through it a couple of weeks ago. It's mind-bending. And it basically, what does it do, folks? It really helps you um, expand how you can utilize Google Analytics in a way that goes over some other popular um, Google Analytics plugins which are out there. It, the um, the base plugin is totally free. It isn't crippled. Um, go over. You'll find the links on the WP Tonic website, and I suggest you have a look at it, have a play with it. And also content, um, Tom, if you've got any questions, he's really very open to doing demos with people and being part of the WordPress community. So, yeah, that's a great plugin too. It's great for writers too. It's, it tells you who, what content is best and one cut content's not so best. And uh, it's great for identifying like who your best writers are. So, yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's mind-blowing the amount of work they've done with it, isn't yeah. it, Adam? It, <laughs> it really is, folks. Go yeah. and play with it and you'd be is quite amazing, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, into, into the interview, Adam. So, you know, um, content marketing and how to use utilize it really effectively for your business has become a real passion for me. It's a necessity. Yeah. And I've been trying to educate myself. And so I've been really looking forward to you coming on the show and us having a good fest about this. So what is the landscape around content marketing at, in 
2017, getting close to 2018. Is it still effective uh, or isn't? You know, um, HubSpot was the big kind of pusher of this concept. There's, you know, people say they, it's a public company. Right. They're not, you know, they say that the cost for themselves is enormous. Mm-hmm. What's your views about all this? Well, I think the idea for it has, you know, I mean, you can trace that back, you know, to like Seth Godin and his permission marketing and beyond that, you know, so it's, it's been around for quite a while. Um, you know, which I, I think that it's easy for stuff like this to, um, for people to say, they got to get an article out. So they say content marketing is dead, right? That's very common to see that come up every year or so, but it's not, and it's not going to be, um, the landscape of, and you know, you mentioned SEO, it's these two go so closely together, right? Hand in hand, you can't do content marketing without SEO and vice versa. And that the search landscape is constantly expanding and changing. You have new things coming down the chute that, um, you know, have a, will have a powerful impact on all of that. And there's just always going to be, um, especially for certain types of businesses, opportunities. Um, and even for businesses that are, um, you know, like HubSpot that have just dominated a corner of the market, that market is going to continue to expand. I, I read the other day that um, Google said something like some huge percentage of their search queries they'd never seen before. And what that indicates to me is that, you know, people are, are becoming more adept at search. They're becoming, they're changing the way they search, especially with voice coming on, um, you know, with AI becoming relevant. And um, that means there's going to be different searches, different types of searches and different opportunities for content marketers to answer questions that are coming up on search and, and to just create that content. And, and I don't know, I really get annoyed when people say, well, that you can't possibly create content in this space because HubSpot has created this, 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 or, or, you know, someone else has created this, 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 because they're so big and they've got this huge domain authority, but that's not true. You know, you can, you can write with your voice and in your style and take a different take on the exact same thing and have an article that becomes popular and that reaches out to your readers. So I think that it's very much alive and well, I don't think the concept behind it is ever really going to become something that people don't like. Inbound marketing, permission marketing, people like that better than ads thrown in their face. And as ad blindness continues and worsens, this is the stuff that's going to continue to work. And it does work. I thought that was great. Um, so let's really delve into this. Um, this, is, this isn't going to be an episode for the beginners, folks. But if you are a beginner to these concepts, we're in the show notes. We have some links to some good content that will help you, like Copy Blogger, for Alan Clark. Alan Clark. Um, you know, I'll make sure there's some links to things that will educate you. Now, on reflection, Adam, one of the things that I've failed on in my travel down this road is having a real content marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. Now, what does that really mean and can you give some insights into why it's important sure i mean um what you usually see and what we see a lot of time with our clients when we first take them on is there has been a very rudimentary understanding uh, not all our clients <laughs> some of them are very smart uh, but there's been a rudimentary understanding of how this stuff works because you know they most people are not content marketers right they're business owners of some sort, they, they do something else that they're very good at and they want to use content marketing to 
expand their reach, expand their business. And, you know, it without, um, so what they're doing is basically just pumping content out there, but by pumping, right. Um, we're talking maybe one, once or twice a month, you know, actually it's more like once, like six times a year. So you're getting very little content put out there and they don't really know why they're doing it. They, you know, it's hard for them. They know that vaguely, um, a blog post will do something for search, right? That's, that's about all they really know. They said they know that, um, Google likes it, right? But they have no sort of strategy behind that content, why they're creating it. And a lot of it is perfectly great content. Um, it's just, they have no, um, method and no long-term, uh, path to taking, you know, I write this piece of content and put this amount of my time into it. And, you know, which is time taken away from my business. How is that going to turn into some sort of a return in the long run? And with a strategy, you can do, um, you can do a whole lot, you know, and, and the content with the same amount of work down the road that you're putting in the writing side of things um, or the content creation side of things, you can get so much farther if you know, you know, you have a strategy for the content plus, you know, that, and you, those, that has to go hand in hand with an SEO strategy of some sort. You know, if you're just producing content, um, you know, and you don't have any sort of keyword research, you have no sort of uh, strategy behind how you're going to, that content's going to be found, no sort of distribution strategy or, you know, social email, all that stuff. If you don't have a, a strategy behind that, you'll have a lot of beautiful content that just sits on your website that nobody can find and nobody knows about. Yeah, this delve into what strategy means um, through the edu- my own education, it's really understanding what your target audience is, mm-hmm. which a lot of businesses and on reflection, I didn't either. Um, <laughs> what your real target audience is, and then really understanding what are some of their key problems and yeah. answering in your content those problems would you agree with those statements adam yeah i would agree completely um you know but it it can be expanded a lot beyond that you know that's a good i think a good place to start is with who are who are the people i'm trying to get you know to my business you know who are my customers who are the people i want not just traffic on my website right who are the people that i want to pay me money for things um and and getting to know them but you also have to look, take a real close, hard look at your brand, you know, and what, what, how does my brand align with my audience? How does, because yeah, my audience may have a whole bunch of questions about, um, you know, let's say I'm a roofing company, you know, my audience may have a whole bunch of questions about, uh, you know, sh- uh, shingles, right. In, in a residential home. But if I'm doing commercial roofing, that does mean nothing. Right. And no matter how many times that question comes up, with my target audience and I have to, you know, I have to redirect them and say, well, we don't do that. Um, you know, that piece of content, if, if I write something about shingles, is it going to get more of those people I don't want? Right. Um, and so that, even though that is getting me traffic, it's not getting me the right traffic, even though it is a content piece that maybe performs really well for me because I've done the, the SEO side of things. Right. Um, if, if it's not the right traffic, well, who cares? You know, it's, if it's not bringing me people who are, interested in my business, if it's not helping me grow my business, um, it's not useful, you know? So having that strategy in place, you know, um, and knowing, and, and I would, I would make this, you know, distinction between 
Oops, this, this thing, I got so excited, I tore my headphones off. Yes, he's getting very excited, he's getting very <laughs> elevated. Excited. You'll be able to see this on the video, <laughs> folks. Um, but, you know, be, there's, a, there's a distinction between strategy and tactics, right? The, the tactics are, you know, the blog posts that I'm writing each week or, or each month. You know, the tactics are, um, you know, the, the lead magnets that I'm creating, you know, once every three months or the white papers, whatever the case may be, right? Those are my tactics. But my strategy is what, you know, what are the goals for my business? There's the brand piece of it, right? And how do those goals align with my customers' goals, right? How do I, how do I create content? What content do I need to come up with that's going to, you know, get people to my website or wherever, you know, content's not necessarily just driving stuff to websites. Um, how do I align those two things and how do I come up with this you know, overarching strategy uh, of achieving my goals, you know, so the strategy is like, you know, this long term plan that's looking down the road and saying, this is why I'm, you know, writing one blog post every two days, as opposed to one every day, right? This is why I'm doing this. And then the tactic is, you know, what are the individual things I'm doing? Right. So I just want to see if you agree with all this topic, because what you've just is, is the tricky part of this, Adam, mm -hmm. isn't it? Because this is why it's a lot more, it's a little bit more complicated than right. what um, a lot of people think, because you've yes. got to meet those things you've outlined. So mm -hmm. to broaden out one of my statements is, yes, problems, but it doesn't also have to be, um, you have to understand the audience that you're trying to attract. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't also have to be solely the things you write about, mm -hmm. solely about the specific service or product that you provide. It could, mm -hmm. you could also talk about other problems that your specific target audience has. Would Absolutely. you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you can even, and that's why when someone says, oh, there's all this content in this space, um, there's no way we're going to get it. It's like, well, there's so many, um, you know, tangential pieces of content that you could write that are related that are not directly what, you know, what you would like to write. You know, we, we, we do digital marketing. There are certain subjects that, you know, the big guys have just completely covered and we're probably not going to beat them on. However, there are many related subjects that we can write about, um, you know, in, in plenty. And, and the same goes for the customers. You know, they have the other side of it that I would point out is just because a customer has a question doesn't mean it's the right question. You know, just because a customer, you know, thinks that they need to know something doesn't mean and you are the expert, right? You may know that that's actually the wrong question or that there's a better way of phrasing that question, um, you know, that. There's, but there are, there are all kinds of um, ways that you can approach this with content. And I, I think that um, it's just so broad. You, you're not going to run out of content to write for no. decades. So <laughs> let's, let's get back and get in your strategy formatted. Yeah. So basically you need to go out there, talk to your clients, mm -hmm. talk to people in the area, um, have some idea about your target audience and then mm -hmm. you've got to really get input. Are you correcting your subsumptions mm -hmm. about the target audience? And then you've got to do a substantial bit of research about what are their real problems mm -hmm. that they're dealing on a daily, weekly, monthly mm -hmm. basis and then mm -hmm. work out some content strategy through mm -hmm. that research. Would I be right about that? 
Yes, you would be. You're so right lately. Uh, yes, it, it, I would say um, the only thing I would add to that really is is the SEO side of things. Yes. You know, because when we think when we say SEO, right, it's this huge umbrella term. Um, but when I'm talking about search, that is what that taps into what my audience is doing online and their questions. You know, so it's it's very important to go out and actually have conversations with people or you know. If you're heavily introverted, send them an email or something, but getting to know the actual members of your audience. And as a, as a business owner or, or, you know, a marketer or whatever, you're going to have plenty of chances to do that and to send out surveys. And even a little bit of data is, is gold on, on what these people are, are thinking. Um, but you can go beyond that, but by doing keyword research in the space, um, just as an example, you can find out what are, what are people looking for? You know, what are people interested in? What are their concerns? And, you know, it takes, it takes practice. It takes a lot of time digging through queries and learning, you know, okay, when a query is structured this way, they're prob um, their intent is probably this. And when it's structured that way, they're probably looking for that. Some of it is just getting to know, you know, your industry and, you know, understanding that, well, you know, just because they use this word, I think they actually meant that stuff like that, but that helps you to understand your audience as well. And one thing that we do um, that we really push is the creation of, of customer personas, um, which are, you know, we, that may have been on the list of, of things to discuss, but the customer persona, well, let's talk about it then <laughs> because, because I, like if I ask all these questions, right. So that, that gets into the strategy part of it. It's one thing to ask questions and like do a thought experiment It's a completely different thing to write everything down and keep notes and lists of, okay, you know, I, it's these are the queries that are, that are being searched for in relation to my business. And then to, these are the questions that I've asked my, my customers that they have answered. And here are their answers, you know, line by line. And I'm going to use that to create a persona, a fake, you know, um, a, a fake persona that represents one segment of my audience. So that when I'm writing, and this is where it becomes important, when I'm creating my content, I'm trying to think of who is this for, you know, who is it for and what question am I trying to help them with? And, and sometimes it, it really does have to be, okay, you know, here's my persona. This is, um, you know, dummy Daryl who really doesn't, he's got money to spend and he understands a very small part of what I do, but he really doesn't get certain things. And I'm going to create content that helps him to not be such a dummy, right. And to learn more about um, my product or my service or, or whatever the case may be, the industry. So, um, you know, the, there's a lot of pieces that go into a strategy um, that you have to get into place before, because it's, I mean, this is stuff that, w that we spend, you know, hours and hours and hours and hours on, um, because you don't want to even get started if you don't have the right base. Because yeah, it, it's about having good um, foundations to yeah. your content marketing strategies, like, you can have the nicest house you you love, but if it's got rotten foundations, mm -hmm. it, you've got problems. Yeah. Well, folks, um, we've just dealt with the one of the topics that I wanted to discuss, but it was one of the, it's the kind of groundwork of the discussion. We're going to go for our break now, but when we come back, um, with the help of my co-host Kim, we're going to be talking about style guides, how to delegate and automate your content marketing, editorial calendars. And doing that kind of killer research that Adam's just talked about as well. So you can see we'll be covering a lot of content in the second half of this show, folks, and in the bonus content. We'll see you in a few moments. 
Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30 day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com. Just like the podcast. We're coming back, folks. I've I've enjoyed the conversation so far. <laughs> um, I'm going to let my co-host take over um, for a while. Um, off you go, Kim. Thank you. <clears throat> this has been great, and it's brought up lots more questions for me <laughs> uh, surrounding this. One on the personas. Something I find sometimes with my customers, and I want to see kind of your take on it, is that it's not just about asking them and listening, but really getting to the core of what their true problem is. Because a lot mm-hmm. of times what they're telling me they mm-hmm. want is not really, Yeah, it's, it's how they know how to explain it, but it's not mm-hmm. really, if I gave them that exact thing, they'd be like, no, that's not what I want. Right. I have to distill it out. So mm-hmm. how does that play into what kind of content I should be delivering on my site. Well, I mean, that's, and those are things that you can, as you're building out personas that you can determine, you know, um, with the example I I gave of dummy Daryl, you know, he, it's not that he's, he doesn't understand what he should be asking. It's just, he's, he's not uh, an industry professional, right? Mm -hmm. He doesn't work in the industry that you work in. He doesn't know what questions he should be asking, but you know, right away, you know, okay, this is, I need to dig in a little bit deeper here. And, and using that, um, you know, using that can help you to create all kinds of pieces of content that, and, and this is where you can start really getting into the strategy th- side of things. It's like, okay, if I have someone who's, you know, way back here, you know, and they really have, don't understand a whole lot at all of what they're looking for, I can pe- create a series of pieces of content uh, that help get them from not understanding this at all to this point where I want them, you know, and lead them through that, you know, those pieces of, of content, create these paths, right? Content paths from, you know, where, where, you know, they're starting and you, and the question that, you know, they have, whether it's correct or not. Um, and getting that, we see that in the, we do some writing for some medical companies and we see that all the time people just don't know, they're not doctors, you know, they don't know what questions to ask and they can sometimes barely describe what's even happening with them. But you know that there's information they need way down the line once they get that rudimentary understanding of what's going on. And so you can, you know, link from piece to piece to piece to piece um, and get them to this point where, okay, now they've, they've reached a, a greater understanding of it. And hopefully along the way, they've gotten to know our brand. They've gotten to know what we do and, and, you know, they've decided maybe we can help them. Excellent. You mentioned the distinction between strategy and tactics, mm-hmm. which I thought was very helpful. And you mentioned under the tactics, like your blog posts, your white papers, your lead mm-hmm. magnets, mm-hmm. when you do a strategy with someone, mm-hmm. Do you have a formula or some overall idea of kind of how those different tactics should be? I mean, I'm guessing in today's world, we need a little bit of video and we need a little Mm -hmm. bit of text and we need these different things. How do you approach that when building a strategy for someone? Well, I mean, in, in a re- from a realistic standpoint, we look at their budget. Content is not cheap to, <laughs> to create. But if we had an unlimited budget, um, you know, the, it all starts with research, researching the audience and 
for us, like a content creator who's helping someone else create content, that means we're interviewing them, getting to know them, getting to know their business and their industry, and then using that to say, okay, you know, these, you have um, these kinds of customers, this is what they're looking for, this is how often these queries are coming up, this is, you know, what they're doing in search, this is, um, you know, how, how much time even they have, you know, how much they can read. Um, you know, and, and we're going to create content based on that because, you know, you may very well find that your audience just simply is, doesn't have time to read, right? Doesn't have time mm -hmm. to do, but if you're, if you're structuring some video content around that, you know, to, to fill that gap, that's really short, you can answer that need, right? So that, so when we go into the, the creation of personas and so forth, it's not just, you know, like what's, where do they live and, you know, the, the, you know, age, sex, location and all that kind of interests and activities and opinions and you know it's not just that information that's helpful but it's you know how do they use content what do they do with the content what mm -hmm. kind of content is most valuable for them and then you can use that to kind of structure this strategy and determine which tactics are going to work best so with it having all of that tied into it <laughs> how do you go about delegating and automating that content creation well, and, and again, that's a, that's a very individual thing. It depends on what you have going on. You know, some people are, are, you know, beasts that can, they can pour out, you know, thousands of words a day and they, you know, despite having worked eight hours or 10 hours or whatever. So some people can do that um, and, and they don't need to delegate, you know, and that's where their individual work style and of each business is important. Who you have on your team, who you have access to, um, is important, you know, um, but, you know, for, for instance, with us, um, you know, we have, um, I know that, you know, I'm good at writing certain types of pieces of content. Um, one of my other writers, he's very good at another type of piece of content. Um, you know, when I can get Heather away from running an entire business, she's very good at certain types of content. Uh, our designer, um, you know, is, does certain types. So being able to figure out, you know, it's really just, it's, it's just like regular leadership, right? Who's best at what? And, and importantly, how often are they able to reasonably produce whatever the content may be, you know, video, audio, um, written otherwise, um, and then deciding and that, but someone has to be in charge of all of that, you know, someone has to be, you know, the puppet master and pulling all the strings and know what the overall strategy is, but also to implement that strategy and make sure that people are, are meeting deadlines, that, that things are going out, you know, and that's where, you know, you need an editorial calendar so that you can say, okay, you know, this, 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 this is happening this month. And, you know, here's what we do if this doesn't happen and here's why they're going out. Um, so, so yeah, it, it, and, and style guides play into that too, right? Heavily is it making sure that you, all your writers are writing in the voice of the brand, the way you want them um, to, you know, and that could even be, there are some, and every, everyone's individual. There are some writers that we have where it's like, yeah, you know, you do what you do because you're so good at it and we don't, you don't need to worry about any style guide. And then there are other people who I'm like, oh boy, okay, you need to follow all these rules. And, and, you, and then I'm going to look it over, you know, and we, we probably go back and forth. So it, it really depends on it's getting to know yourself, who your writers are and, and how best to arrange all this. Thing. What if you are doing it um, on your own? Mm -hmm. Would you still recommend having a style guide to hold yourself to what you want your voice to be mm -hmm. and, and keep coming back to that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, these, these tools are, are not just for other people and they can be very helpful for, because, you know, 
it's easy, especially, oh, I have to imagine I've never owned a business, but I can see a business owner very easily saying, well, I'll just write whatever the hell I want. This is my business. And that may not always be a good idea. And, you know, you, these tools can help you to stay not just focused, but to stay disciplined in, you know, what is the message that we're trying to create? Why are we trying to create it? You know, just because today I feel really heavily, you know, that I want to write about shingled roof, roofing doesn't mean that's a good <clears throat> business, you know? Yeah, I love that. That's, I, I wanted to hear your thought because I'm yeah. very much of like that. I think having mm-hmm. a style guide, even if you're solo, helps. Yeah. Um, I know for me, it helps me be more conversational. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I did have a formal background in technical yes. writing. Yeah. I sometimes come across very didactic and it also mm-hmm. starts sounding like a college professor wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> and then my, my audience just, you know, right. Goes to sleep at that point. So yeah, absolutely. No, it, it, it can be very helpful to keep yourself on brand. Excellent. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. I'm going to turn it back over to you. Right. So um, we used some buzzwords there, didn't we? Um, like I say, this wasn't for the for the beginner, but also I don't want to lose a lot of the audience either. So editorial calendar and style guides. Can you just give a quick couple um, comments about exactly what they are? Actually? Sure. An editorial calendar is, is um, just a, a calendar where you're keeping track of what content is being published where and when and by whom. Um, and it's really useful for visualizing, um, you know, okay, I've got, I know in my head I need to write 10 blog post articles this month, let's say. But are, am I going to, you know, how do I want those to be arranged to make sure I'm not hitting people with the same um, the exact same content over and over and over. Cause there might be some blog articles that are very similar. Uh, the queries that I'm, that I'm trying to answer there may be similar. So that's an editorial calendar helps you with that, you know, really figuring out the content mix, I guess you would say. And then, um, the style guide is, you know, basically how a list of things that our brand does and doesn't do when writing, you know, so it can be really specific. It can be, we don't use, um, uh, the Oxford comma, you know, we only use, um, contractions. We never like spell out it, you know, the word it's or, or can't or stuff like that, but it can also be, you know, much broader, um, you know, stuff talking about just how the brand voice generally, you know, and it can be industry specific too, you know, like we would, we would never refer to shingled roofing as shingled roofing, right? We would call it this. Um, so, so that's what a, a style, and that's a very useful to remind yourself of, you know, what, what is and is off, what's on and off the table in terms of writing, but also very, very useful when other writers come on to make sure they're not writing something wacky. I think that's great. I've got kind of one question before we wrap up the podcast and we go on to the bonus content, which you can watch on the website, folks. We'll be continuing the discussion for the next 15 minutes because I feel we've just touched this subject mm-hmm. and we have to have Adam back anyway. Um, so, um, it's linked to what we said. Um, it's getting um, guests um, guests to post on your website. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of linked to what what we were saying about a strategy. So if you're if you're looking to get guests, um, if you're just solely talking about around your specific product or service and how it solves mm-hmm. those specific problems, it's probably going to be hard to get guests because they're going to be your competitors. Mm -hmm. So if you can talk about other subjects, which are kind of related Mm -hmm. that your target audience, it's much easier to get guests. Would you, what do you think about that? 
Yeah. Um, so guest bloggers is what you're kind of yeah. talking about, guest writers. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't always necessarily agree that um, just because someone is a, is a competitor that you're actually like in direct competition with them. You know, there are a lot of businesses, especially in, you know, like in, in our space, in the digital marketing space, there are plenty of businesses where, you know, we're probably not going to be competing for the, you know, yes, technically we are competitors, but, you know, we're probably not actually competing for the same clients you know week after month after year well so, it's really also the attitude you know i'm pretty easy about it but yeah. it's also that i have come across some people that, that i'm not i'm not doing anything with you yeah. because you're <laughs> you know you might not this is a big market but i just don't work with people that yeah. in any shape or form are competing with me so mm. it's a there's a there's a kind of the mental feeding around it isn't it yeah Absolutely. I mean, it's everyone's individual and the way they're who they're going to feel comfortable with writing on their website is going to differ from person to person. But a lot of the time, the best writers are going to be people who are from, um, you know, tangential industries, you know, so we have um, this writer who writes for us every now and then who um, they sell they focus solely on SMS marketing, right, text message marketing. And that's something we're never going to do. We're not, ne- you know, we're never going to even begin to do. Um, and, but a lot of, we have very similar customer bases, right? So, um, you know, that I'm happy to have this guy come on and, and, and that plays too into, um, you know, my, my goals for SEO, you know, I, if I'm, I need to be building those links, right. And that's guest blogging isn't, you know, what it was, but it's still a good way to, you know, to connect to other audiences and to get someone on it. Cause that's the other thing to think about is that, you know, if you let someone write for you, and we're linking back and forth between websites, some of their traffic is probably going to come over to you, you know, um, and vice versa. So you may actually end up, even though it's a competitor, you may end up bringing on people who bringing traffic over that's, um, that's, that is ideal that wouldn't have found you otherwise, you know? So you, you have to, you know, it's a, it's a very case by case basis. Um, you have to really kind of be careful with it. Yeah. We're going to wrap it up, folks. Um, in the bonus content, I'm going to be asking Adam about an interview I saw with Neil Patel um, when he was discussing some of these topics as well. So that's how I'm going to be starting the conversation on the bonus content. So do go to the website and listen to the other section of this con- great conversation. I'm going to quickly ask you, Adam, how people can find more about you and maybe uh, but what you're going to be discussing at um, Dallas this weekend. Sure. Um, so this weekend, I'm going to do um, the the beginner's version of this conversation. So we'll be doing content marketing for beginners and, you know, what that means and, and how to get started. Um, and so that's what we'll be doing at DFW WordCamp. I think that it's 4 p.m. on, on Sunday. So, um, but you can find us at bluesteelsolutions.com. That's an extra E in steel. Uh, Blue Steel t- uh, TX is our Twitter handle. And then my website is adamfout.com. Right, that's great. And um, Kim, how can people find out more about you, Kim? You can find me on Twitter at Kim Shivler or at KimShivler.com. Right, that's great. And if you need to find more about me, go to my Twitter feed at Jonathan Denwood. Go to the Facebook page. We are going to be starting a Facebook group. Me and Kim have agreed that. And hopefully the panel will be joining us on that group. And we'll be having more discussion with our listeners. Um, We'll give you more details in the coming weeks about that. And if you are feeling generous, I do say it, but we have been getting some reviews as well lately. We're up to 
70 plus i think on itunes so if you can leave a review it really does help the show and the numbers are going up again and uh, i'm just in a more happier place about where we're going with the help of my great co-host kim so we'll see you probably on friday hopefully where we do our round table show our wednesday shows are our interview shows and i've just really enjoyed the conversation so far with adam and like i say go to the website or the youtube channel and see the extra part of this discussion we'll see you next week folks bye thanks for listening to wp tonic the podcast that gives you a spoonful of wordpress medicine twice a week